Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. And that's Emmett. Hey, I'm in the cave too. <laughs> well, guys, I'll start with Conrad because otherwise we get confusing. How are you this week? Uh, I'm very good. I'm excited to be back um, with Dark again. It's like an old friend that's come for dinner. Yeah, yeah. It's like an old T-shirt you found in the back of your wardrobe, and you think, you know what? I used to like wearing that one. Uh, and we do have a T-shirt available at Redbubble.com. Could you please go great, to the link? Great segue. Go to the great link. Segue. The link in the description. Uh, all right, Emmett. What do you? How do you feel? Like, I know, obviously, you've seen the first season now. Uh, we're going to get into your overall thoughts in a minute, but how do you feel being here on the Afterlife podcast for the very first time? Uh, I'm very happy to be here. It's like a new friend that you've just met, and you find that you you connect very well, yeah. and you want to hang out all the time. And uh, now it's uh, it's we, me and Conrad are at different stages of our relationship. Yeah, our, <laughs> it's not like know. where you meet someone at a party. And you think, oh, I'm getting on really well with them, but then they walk away to get a drink and you immediately forget their name yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, start, yeah. And, start, and start panicking as to how you can um, kind of force it into conversation to get them to say their name again. Well, to me, yeah. for me, it's oh. like the, wor- the worst thing is not the, the at a party. The worst thing is when you start a new job and, and you've actually oh. heard them say their name like three or four times and, they, <laughs> and you're like two months in or something and you're like, I really need to know their name. You yeah, know? I can't, and sure. I can't ask again. <laughs> it's, oh... It's yeah, that's giving me like echoes of anxiety of yeah. how many times that's happened in that's the past. Ne- I am... <laughs> that's never which happened is... to me. I don't know. What, I don't know what that's like. That's... <laughs> which is a good segue for me to be like, if I get anyone's name wrong during this, guys, please be patient with me because, um, uh, like this again, it's my first time watching Dark, and I am atrocious with names and faces so oh, it's uh, you've yeah. got nothing to worry about there like on 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 dark discussions i have uh, already misnamed characters plenty of times and i've i've seen good. everything so like it's, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're in you're in good company yeah, good yeah. good i'm glad i'm i'm glad i'm with the with other fellow cannot remember name boys it's but good. there was one there, there was one conversation where um we were talking about a certain character um and uh, anthony um, introduced it by by talking about their son, who's, who's a, a character called called Helga, and uh, and mm. I uh, was speculating on the name of this character, and I suggested that this character was also called Helga, which is uh, <laughs> which is obviously not not true. <laughs> so that's that's the le- that's the very low bar that I've set for sort of knowledge retention when it comes. I've to got that. an idea. I've got an idea. When we, I think in the last like the, the in three weeks time or two weeks time, I suppose when Emmett's doing season three, what we could do now this might be this be will be unfairly weighted to Conrad. But I'll do like a little dark quiz and see who oh, gets the high, the high score. God. Okay. Yeah, well, be, I mean, yeah, we can do that. It will be weighted to yeah. Conrad because he will have seen it twice by then. But you yeah. know, I have yeah. faith. I have faith in Evan. I think he'll. I think he'll be alright. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a challenge. I'll do my best. Yeah. And I, the only, like, I I would usually like when we with Sisyphus, I would usually go and check the characters' names and stuff like that to make sure I'm getting them right. But obviously, with Dark, because I'm only on the first season, I. 
specifically didn't do that because I didn't want to get spoiled yeah, for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I could have been by looking at the casts. So like I've avoided doing that where possible. Yeah, that's you know? probably the best bet. Um, I remember Conrad was like looking up the meanings of names and stuff whenever he was in the first season. Um, yeah, you know, very good. So uh, you know, so you can do that. Like, but yeah, but I'd say I'd say be very wary if you're googling a name. Don't Google it with the word dark because that would be that would be da- yeah. that would be dangerous. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So before we get into it, let's just do a few plugs then. Emmett already mentioned there, Sisyphus. Sisyphus is a time travel show, uh, South Korean time travel show, which is absolutely bonkers. Absolutely love it. Emmett and I are covering it episode by episode every Wednesday on the channel. Not like a full-form podcast, just we 10, 15 minutes, just give our thoughts on it. Uh, if If you want to go through that show with us, let us know um it's really really good fun as well as that uh if you could subscribe on audio apps that'd be great it's just the after dark podcast there if you could subscribe on youtube at the uh the culture cave that's what it's called there give the video a like uh, as i said there's a t-shirt link in the description if you want to support the channel there's also an email address adpodmail at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us there's been a few people who got in touch with us recently i forgot the password apologies for that we we're we're on it now. We're on the ball now. We'll we'll, 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 we'll be getting into, we'll be replying to those people very very soon. Sorry about that. Uh, well well oiled machine here. Um, and thank you very much. Uh, oh yeah. Also, make sure that you are going to the poll that's on the on on the uh, on the channel and give me your thoughts about what you want the next theme to be because we're going into Westworld. That is unless the OA gets announced for season three. I'm hopeful. Um, we're going into we're going into Westworld. I think Conrad. I've already submitted Kid Rock. I know it's not license free, but I think we should get in touch with the kid and see what he says. <laughs> yeah, get in touch with the kid. I'm a cowboy. No, wait. Actually, how, I can't remember how his version of that song goes. The I'm cowboy. a cowboy. That one. That's the Bon Jovi one. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The Bon Jovi one. I would go for that one instead, to be honest. Yeah, we could do that. But we. I mean, we might be riding steel horses. I don't know. I've not seen enough of Westworld to confirm that, but uh, it certainly seems. Like it could be apropos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, okay, guys, we're gonna get into it. So, okay, I don't know who to throw this to. We're gonna throw to Conrad because that's just the normal way. Conrad, are you ready to get into it? My name is Kid. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, let's break it down. Movies. Oh, sorry, wrong podcast. Dark. Let's do it. Uh, we are going to be talking about Dark Season One. So, in the comments, if you could spoil a tag. If you're new to the show, the way we spoil tag on YouTube is we say spoiler and then enter, 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 and then say your comment. So you have to click read more to see it. Um, okay, so I think we'll, we'll want that because I don't want Emmett, I want Emmett to read the comments because he wants to hear all your lovely voices. Having said that, we don't want it to be spoiled because the whole point of this podcast is that he don't, doesn't know what's coming. Um, mm. So, uh, Conrad, obviously there's a lot of the questions are probably going to be uh, pointed at Emmett here, but at any point you want to jump in, you just feel free. This is, this is your podcast too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got my theory matrix locked and loaded uh, okay. to put to plutch from. Should uh, should it be should it come up? That's a fantastic idea, actually, because I think I'm sure Emma would love to know like what your ideas were in the first season as well. Now, mm. be, like you're in my position now, Conrad. Sometimes when we were going through it, I would tell you what my theories were, even if they were correct. But I would also try to mislead you so you wouldn't know if they were correct. So you yeah. you've just got you get your Anthony hat on now. So yeah. <laughs> I get to you, you I get being... to manipulate the uh, manipulate Emmett in a in a fun way now. <laughs> yeah, user user my Claudia and Noah just like sort of uh, <laughs> g- g- giving me the information that I that you need me to have, but not all of the information. You know, oh, he's, oh. Get, he's getting the references already, Conrad. I'm loving. Yeah, it. He's, uh, like we're off to a good start. Yeah, right, yes. uh, Emmett. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of time now. You don't have to. You know, we can we, you can ask us questions. We can talk as well. But I mean, I'm going to ask you just what are your overall views of the show before we get into the nitty gritty of it. 
Oh, it's a great show. I absolutely loved it. Like, All right, moving on. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week. That was the After Dark Podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, I was nervous going into it because, you know, when like you get uh, told so much about a show being great and stuff like that, you worry yeah. that you're going to be like the, the one dissenter that's going to be like, mm, I yeah. didn't quite like it. No, but like I got into it like almost immediately, like just with uh, like the way that it's shot, the way that it like looks and the way that it feels just like just watching it and like it was just really hard and like i'm not usually someone who like binge watches stuff i like to like take things quite slowly while like watching it but like with dark i was like i want i want to know what happens next like yeah. almost immediately and it was hot yeah. it was very addictive and then very hard when we got to the end of season one to be like and now we stop yeah, <laughs> because I, I can't watch any further until we do this podcast. That's really interesting, so, actually, because you know. Conrad had the complete opposite. Obviously, we did it week by week, episode by episode. So, Conrad, yeah. I, I'd love to hear. Like Emmett just talked about, like really wanted to see hear that uh, see the next episode. Obviously, you felt that too, but you weren't allowed to. So, how did that feel? Um, I think uh, to be honest, it, it like it, it didn't. Um... What do you mean specifically, like the jump between seasons, or um, no? I, I or, mean, I mean the jump general. episode, episode by episode. I think in some of them, some of them I did. It varies from episode to episode. Because I think there, there are certainly some episodes of Dark where, like, they set up really explicit cliffhangers mm-hmm. for what you expect to happen next. There are some which set up cliffhangers which seem like they're going to happen in the next episode, and then they don't happen in the next episode. In fact, that character's not even in the next episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 arrive at that when we when we come to it. Um, but uh, I didn't. I, I, I because I'm not a massive consumer of TV shows generally speaking I, I don't necessarily have the same compulsion to like binge watch them um, I'm 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 far more of a kind of like watch two hours or something then put it down and go do something else because I have a, a terrible attention span um, so it wasn't too bad for me actually but I mean even so there's still that kind of pull to to watch more because it's good television fundamentally yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you and I are, are quite similar in that regard Conrad in the sense of like I, I will usually with most shows i that is what i'll do like i'll maybe watch an episode give it some time digest it like make yeah. sure that i've got everything that I, I i need from it where's my partner antoinette she is much more of a binge watcher she just wants to and she gets real frustrated with me on that front <laughs> but like because obviously i had to do it in a week and also because it was very very engaging i had no issue sort of binge watching um dark which was great hmm. um, so antoinette was, lo- like, was loving the fact that you had to watch it all all in one go Oh yeah, she uh, she was so annoyed when we, we had to stop uh, for the, the 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 season break. But it was it was just very because it's like dark is such like a little you know obviously I'm, I'm you know speaking to the converted you know preaching to a choir here. But like it's such a like a, a jigsaw puzzle sort of thing where like you're adding yeah. little bits to it and like you just like I, I don't know but like I love puzzles and stuff like that so like getting to like find the next bit of the puzzle and get to piece it in and be like oh okay so that gives context to that and you know really changes your views of certain yeah. parts of the show you know it was it was very engaging in that way you know yeah yeah the, the, the way and the also, dark expands its scope is about as good as any other show i think i've ever seen without without giving too much away about where it's gonna go with, with already Whoa. already Emmett has seen that there is an extra timeline being added because he's seen the post-apocalyptic world where uh, the woman says welcome to the future hits Jonas with the gun um, yeah. Welcome so, to yeah. Earth, and then steals his spaceship. Yeah, uh, I don't know why that reminds me of that so much. Like that, but every time I see that, I'm like, oh yeah, this, that's like from Independence Day. 
Yeah, it's it's because it's the most iconic version of hitting something in the face with your gun and yeah. announcing yourself. Is, Welcome is, to Earth. Is that Will Smith says that? Yeah, he punches yeah, the yeah, alien. I think the I think yeah. I think it, is it because uh, the scarred lady looks a lot like Will Smith, or is it because Jonas looks a lot like the alien? Uh, I think uh, it's the latter. Or is it the welcome <laughs> to? Is that a little bit of column A, a little bit of com- column B, I think, yeah. in this case. Also, like, can we just... I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too much here, but, uh, like, you know, get, hitting someone in the head with a gun is a pretty good way to oh, kill that them. Hurts. Like, it all, yeah. like, I'm always... Like, whenever people do that in shows, I'm always like, you might have just killed that person. <laughs> like, yeah. you, there are easier ways to just... knock someone out. Yeah, you especially because like he was surrounded by all these people. You can just drag them. Yeah. Like, what was the? What, what was the? Did he seem real aggressive? Like yeah. Jonas has like the biggest puppy dog eyes of a person I have ever seen. He's not a he's not a fighter at this stage of his life. I don't mm. think he's gonna like really struggle um, against these hard torn post apocalyptic warriors. It's yeah. like you just hit him in the face essentially with a steel bat. Like yeah. imagine if that was the, imagine if that was the thing that broke the Earl Boros like circle. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I mean, it's yeah. like oh god, I killed him! I killed him! Oh uh, no, god. you haven't seen season two yet. Jonas actually has a huge pit in his face the rest of the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, again, you see it in uh, someone else's face, you know, and uh, that sort of gives it away in a weird way. He wears an eye patch for the rest of the show. Oh, p- punished Jonas. Yeah, um, he's like a pirate. You, you have eye patch on. He's like, he's actually both eyes are functional. Eye patch is on. Then when he goes into raider ship, he changes the eye patch so he's already acclimatized <laughs> to the dark. Oh, um, it, it's he, he he loses his light, so he has to use it for when he's in the Kiev. So he's just like pop, oh, pops it open and is able to navigate around. You know? Okay, so we're all we're jumping around an awful lot here, but I just want to ask you. You just mentioned the uh, light, the light, right? The light. So when you saw that light, did that give you future vibes straight away? Oh, it gave me, like, because it's, the design of it looks very futuristic in the sense of, like, it's got, it's a, this is a fun thing with sci-fi, because it's really interesting when you go back and watch sci-fis of different eras on how they depict the future, because it's mm-hmm. so, uh, like, influenced by the technology of the time and the look of the technology of mm-hmm. the time. So, like, the light in that sort of gave me, like, odd, like, iPod vibes to it in the sense of, like, it's, like, white and, like, sort of, like, silvery and, like, it looks very sleek. But, like, it, it looks, like, very much, like, a, a depiction of what we think the, the future will look like when it comes to technology. So, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, mm, that, that seems like it came from not modern day, especially because it's got, like, that cool sort of touch uh, ability to, like, affect yeah. the light. Oh, yeah, I was going to make like, sound as well. Yeah, if it was yeah. like made if like I... made in the eighties or something, it would have been a clap on light, you know, clap on, yeah, and then pick it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. any time something honest... is like touch sensitive, and when you touch it, it goes like that. That's a sign of, of sci-fi. <laughs> sci-fi. Like honestly, if I was Jonas, I think like dark would have ended on that episode because I just would have spent the rest of the goddamn season just being like, I would have missed the rest of the mystery because I would have been too focused on my goddamn light and how yeah. fun it is to do it's that. New, it's the next fidget spinner. It's a new fidget spinner, basically. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe that is, maybe that is something in the future as well. It's dust, like it's dust a light plus a fidget spinner. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to hear your thoughts about the... Um, 
So, okay, there's a few aspects of the creation of the show that I want to hear about. So, did, how did you feel about that they kind of had, like, three different pilots in this show? They had the first episode, which was the, the real pilot, and then they had, like, mm. episode three, where the whole thing was just with new characters in the 80s. And then, if that wasn't enough, in episode eight, they did the same thing again, but in the 50s, where every character was just in the 50s, obviously, except for Ulrich at that point, yeah. and Mikkel, Mikkel in episode three. What did you think about that, how they just kept resetting in a new timeline? Yeah, it's because obviously they like lead you into it slowly and expand the different timelines. But it's great, like you know, getting to because a big part of dark is obviously the mystery, but it's also the interpersonal relationships between people. Mm. So yeah. being able to like see different snapshots of their life and how that has influenced who they became is like so important to like their like character development and stuff like that. You get mm. to see why these people have like really bad relationships in modern day or why they are close to certain people so yeah. I, I did enjoy that and like getting to see little shithead Earl, Ulrich uh, when he was a teenager <laughs> is also very engaging so yeah. I do love that because it like Be ca- it careful, and ca- careful careful there are some members of our audience who hopefully they, they might be gone now because we did the OA they, maybe they went off but they do not yeah. like us talking bad about Ulrich I don't know why <laughs> Uh, he's the, mo- the most say, alpha of the of the 80s uh, teens yeah, but it's one of those like i say shithead with the most affection possible oh i do he's such a little <laughs> yeah he's he's such a little dickhead that it's weirdly engaging i mean he, like, he, da- he dates a, a girl who threatens to clobber people like he's so clearly yeah. in like the bully relationship like i feel like if, mm. if you know they're, they're very clearly the bad guys in an 80s movie i feel like yeah, he was oh, just forgetting when he later on redeemed himself like by cheating on his wife and like beating a little child's head in like he redeemed himself yeah. in the eyes of the fans basically yeah mm. it's so funny to me because like Ulrich is a very engaging character and it's very funny because like we're obviously referencing something very near the end of the show but mm. it's funny to me that like that moment is such a like intense moment but at the same time you can in most shows that would be the moment where that character is completely irredeemable like mm. you know they just attempted to kill it but like in the context of everything that we know, it's like I understand. I don't agree with what he did. It was he was on unint- like he was regardless of what's going on. He was attempting to murder a child, yeah. but you can like see how he ended up at the conclusion where it's yes. like this is yeah. this is a terrible thing I have to do. But it's the baby Hitler, you know, not to make the um, we've talked about this the, at length. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, except make the comparison where it's like it's like if I do this, I could save all these people, and like he he makes the horrible decision, but not realizing obviously that that is what causes the events to happen okay command and conquer red alert taught us that uh if you go and kill baby hitler a worse version will will spring up in in his place it's determinist damn it albert einstein damn you einstein Einstein. um i'm glad you got that reference I will, yeah. I will say, this is like my conclusion to that whole baby Hitler argument, then we can sort of move on here. Um, because yeah. we've talked about this at length, and I know that this there's nothing that gets the Ulrich fans going like a baby Hitler reference. But um, <laughs> I uh, personally, uh, the way I feel it is, Ulrich, in order, to, in order to kill his baby Hitler, Helga, he became Helga, right? So he actually mm. he had to do the same thing that Helga did to, be, to, to, to defeat Helga. It's not the same as the baby Hitler joke. Uh, ba- joke. Jeez. The baby Hitler analogy, because in the, in the baby Hitler analogy to be the same, you would have to kill six million Jews, because that's what yes, Hitler did. Killing one man exactly. is not the same as killing six million Jews, but beating a child is the same as stopping someone beating a child. Yeah, well, it, it, the only thing is like it's no, obviously I just use the baby Hitler thing because that's the the common parlance. Oh, of course, yeah. discussion. But it's like uh, like killing 
because he essentially believes that uh, Held is a is a serial killer. He's mm-hmm. he's come to the wrong conclusion because he doesn't have all the pieces of the puzzle, yeah. and he doesn't know about certain characters. So he thinks that he's stopping more deaths than he would cause by murdering one person. So and it, obviously, even if it was only one person to him, it like even if it only started was only Mikhail and uh, or only his brother, it would still he would still probably make the same decision because. Personal relationships, being like, you know, I need to save my brother, I need to save my son, you know, so he would probably maybe make the same decision. But it, it, it's just again, it's that it's that tragic dramatic irony that you get in a lot of time travel shows, where your attempt to stop the future is what ultimately causes it, because obviously he cracks the poor boy on the head yeah. and then leaves him exactly where he needs to be mm-hmm. to end up in what I assume is going to be the position that causes him to essentially be manipulated by Noah and used as essentially um, a-, a Ponzi in this larger scheme that he doesn't understand. He's heavy. You know? He's heavy. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, I, he's heavy, yes. Yeah, I think, I, I to be honest with you, I think just guys, as a PSA, right, public service announcement here, if you are ever involved in time travel and you need to go and kill a child, if you have access to time travel, like that tunnel, take the child, put him in a different timeline, okay? Yeah. Yes! That's what he could have done. Yeah, that's. this is one thing, like, uh, this is a thing that comes up in time travel shows a lot, where it's like, because <laughs> it's, it's the, the moral quandary that everyone wants to, would you kill baby Hitler? It's like, would you kill the serial killer? No, just make him a Zuma. Yeah, make him a Zuma. It's like, put him in a, put him put him in a different timeline. Like, you know, you know it's possible. You know what? Just pick him up, like, I don't know, choke a child out. That's not part of the PSA. Um, <laughs> bring, bring, bring the child to a different time period. Put him in. Do what happened to your own son. Put him into, like, the, the foster care system, and that will, you know, change things. It's much more efficient than, like attempting to crack someone's head in, you know, um, you know, it's, and it also leaves a lot less blood all over your body so that you yeah. won't be pulled over by the police, yeah. well, t- you know? T- take Hitler, right, when he was, like, a, literally, mm. like, a baby, and and mm. give him to a Jewish family in, like, the, in, like, the 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah. He wouldn't have done that, you know? Yeah. And if he, if he was, you just say to him, here, watch him, he's a bit of a psycho, that one. And, and, uh, <laughs> well, well, hey, he'll, he'll get him put it, away it, when it, he's seven years old. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just put him somewhere or raise him yourself. I don't know. Like you know, there's yeah. a lot of other options than crack a skull. Like, like put it this um, way: in in the year 2019, if you'd put Helga in a foster care system, the first time he said a bird looked beautiful when it's dead, geez, there would be sirens going. Like they would have him down at the, oh. the hospital. Like you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's, anyway, it's just, it it is funny that in like in that episode, Egon in his younger form has that little conversation with the other detective, being like what makes a person a killer like what is it like are you just born that way or is it circumstance and then like the end of the episode basically has you know we see (laughs) that like circumstance can make you a a killer or an attempted killer well actually yeah that's a good question though they're they're sort of bringing questions of the deterministic method of Mm. time travel so maybe this all happened before so if that was the case Ulrich then was born a killer because everything is determined so yeah I think Conrad and I have talked about this at length about this being especially in season one we were like is like the idea of even the stranger uh, saying, you know, and actually locking himself in the in in the cell again in in the bunker. The idea of be, yeah. everything being determined, and he, it's everyone's doing the same thing again, thinking they're changing it. So, did you come down on the side of the fence, Emmett? What do you think? 
Oh, it's it's the big discussion when it comes to any time travel shows where it's like, can you actually change the future? Is it possible? And it's a, it's a conversation we've been having a lot in Sisyphus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sisyphus, because it's it seems a lot more lighthearted a lot of the time, and it's such a different tone to Dark. It's such a it's such a mood whiplash watching Dark and then watching Sisyphus. Yeah. Um, you know, like I I believe it's more possible that time can be changed, whereas like Dark has this sort of moody atmosphere and I could believe that it would end in the situation that like yeah you can't break time time is like a, a circle but I'm holding out hope that like I don't know maybe Jonas the the older Jonas knows more than he is letting on in, in the sense of because everyone like people seem to think he's being manipulated mm-hmm. by either side to do stuff I'm wondering if he's maybe playing along and maybe is aware of more because he he's, keeps telling his younger self that he's important to all these situations so i'm holding out hope that perhaps the circle can be broken okay because otherwise it's it, otherwise it's going to be a very tragic show for me and i'm going to have my heart broken several more times before the end of it you know yeah oh, okay. okay so uh what did you think okay we're going to talk about some of the reveals now um, so first of all, did you, uh, sort of predict before it happened that Michael was Mickle? Yeah, I, yes, I predicted, me and Anta were obviously back and forth and on a lot of discussions, but I was like, yeah, it has to be Mikhail, because one, again, we, you know, we talked about this in private before, but like, you know, you'd mentioned in, in the casting how they're really, really good oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at getting people who look like, uh, like what the older version of like one of the other actors would look like and there's a good sort of continuity between them and I'm usually bad with faces mm-hmm. but even like I could recognize like oh I could see this person you know aging up into this person yeah so it like just like looking at the brief glimpses that we did get of uh, of uh, Michael and the fact that you know the names are very similar and you know the show would be over if they got Mikhail back yeah. So, so I was like, oh no, they're not going to get him back. And if they don't get him back, and he's developing this relationship with Ignaz, the nurse, who was the f- mother or mother figure of Michael, oh no. And I was like, you know, the sort of piecing that together, being like, oh no, it's. You- he's not coming back. He's going to live in the 80s, and they're never <laughs> going to find him. Do you, ex- do you expect that to be, like, the kind of. Um- I guess main narrative thrusts going forward then yeah. that that Mickle is still going to be the focus. That's a good question, actually. Because um, you are like kind of right. Will... Like I suppose if they could get him back, it would stop everything. Yeah, yeah. if they if they could, if they, I think it's going to definitely come up a bit. Well, because like obviously when when we go into the little uh, the three way path that leads to the different timelines. I also love, just a very quick thing, I love when they open the door where it's like opening uh, like a, an airlock or something like that because it's like a, a pressure thing, mm-hmm. you know, from the different timelines yeah. where like the air is hitting them. I love that. It's a lovely little effect where like yeah. essentially they're opening a bubble uh, into like another little time zone and like there's a, a difference in pressure between mm-hmm. a very lovely touch. But like I, I when, you know, oh, like, so obviously uh, Jonas I think turns right and ends up in the 80s, like, I registered being like, oh, there's another path, I imagine that was probably going to lead to a different time period, uh, probably maybe earlier, or in the future, obviously it gets confirmed that the path to the left leads to the 50s, yeah. so, like, when Ulrich got to the the crossroads, I was like, he's going to turn left, because if he goes to the 80s, he's going to find Mikkel, 
and he's going to bring his son back because he's not going to give a shit about any of this like time travel bullshit. He's <laughs> going to be like, no, that's my son. I'm taking him home. So like, I understood that he's going to end up in the 50s or like he's going to end up in a different time period. Confirmed it was the 50s uh, in a bit. So like, just watching him go down that path. So it's like, if... Because there's going to be... Uh, there's going to be like a... a <laughs> two sides to the bring Mickle back thing. There'll be the people who want to get him back to his home. And then there's the people like, no, Mickle must stay here to have Jonas because Jonas is important. Mm -hmm. So there's probably going to be at least some of that. But I think almost Mickle's life is now sort of, to a certain extent, stuck there. If he does get back to the future, he's either going to have to come back himself willingly or um, be dragged back by someone else. Sorry, go on. No, no, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's interesting you mentioned um, being dragged dragged back. Do you have any thoughts on how he ended up there? Well, so, um, <laughs> this is something I... Because I, I, I'm not a scientist. Just <laughs> preference that. Just preference that. But I, I do find certain scientific concepts very interesting. So, I imagine if time is... Um, like, time travel is possible, the energy around it would probably be one of the interactive forces of the universe... Um, which, you know, includes things like, like, you know, um, the electromagnetic spectrum and strong weak force, which has a lot of like the, the nuclear waste there is a big source of energy. So I think that the, I think my understanding of it is, um, that, you know, obviously the three way path is the easiest way and the most consistent way Mm. to get between the different timelines. But I think like the time effect leaks outwards into like the cave itself at different points. Okay. So, like, when you go through different sections of the cave, sometimes you can find yourself walking through that bubble and, like, ending up in a different point in history. Or, like, because we see, obviously, like, at one point when Mikhail is in the cave and he's calling, like, Ulrich can hear him. He yeah. can hear mm-hmm. him. And then also there's the dog. I forget the dog's name. Gretchen. Which I think people can forgive me for. Um, Gretchen. You know, Gretchen, uh, she goes running through the gate and ends up in a different time period as well. So obviously, she likely didn't. She likely didn't open the door, and I don't know <laughs> if anyone would have specifically picked up Gretchen. I don't know. So we never thought... saw Gretchen's paws. Like she might have thumbs. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. I mean, I, I've seen a Velociraptor open a door, but you know, why? Why not a? Why not a small dog? <laughs> yeah. Just she picks up the dog. Clever girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, they're coming but, through uh, the I, windows uh, and they just say like the <laughs> just shotgun um it, it, it's we go into we go another 33 years into the future and dogs have just taken over <laughs> and gretchen is their evil overlord no so I, th- I think maybe that the 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 bubble sometimes leaks out into other parts of the cave okay and that you know that's how people can get lost in the cave and end up in different periods without maybe necessarily intending it in the same way that like because another big thing in the the show is obviously the nuclear waste mm. like radiation leaks out of those and i think it could be a similar effect so i think that's where my head is being like ah like it has in a like this is contained to the three-way path but it can leak outwards did they mention did I they am. mention in season one what the nuclear waste was called i can't remember what it was in season one i'm pretty sure it was you oh, might not remember I... the name, but did 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 you see did did you see uh, anyone see, actually using it? Yes, so they use the nuclear isotope or whatever it's called um, in the uh, device, the time travel okay. device. So C- yeah, yeah so C- cesium sort of... cesium one three seven is what they called it. 
cesium cesium one three seven. So um, what it cesium one three seven like it seems to be linked to the time travel thing. So again, if time is real in this mm-hmm. context, and like you know, it is an interactive force, it would make sense to me that it would also link in with other interactive forces which nuclear energy does tie into. So I can... And the power plant is obviously so important to the story itself because, you know, our first time period that we're in is when it's being built Mm -hmm. and the latest time period we've been shown is the destruction that was caused, assumably when they have a Chernobyl-esque incident Mm -hmm. that, like, seems to, like, raise the, the, the town and probably a lot of the surrounding area. And we've already seen that, like, you know... um the police chief of the modern era um like she as a child like um as a child find all these dead birds and also find birds as an adult and they they have all these spots similar to you know birds that were around the chernobyl area yeah and uh you know so like there, there's already like you know the the nuclear power plant is related to this time incident in my mind because of it is a huge source of power and it, their their forces are potentially intertwined. Okay. That might be me bastardizing science to make that work in my head. Well, you know awesome. that's what TV that's what TV shows do. Like they bastardize science. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, yeah. so uh, I got a few. Uh, well, last thing I want to talk about in terms of the reveals. What did you mm. did you predict it or and uh, what did you think of the stranger being Jonas reveal? We were like me and me and Antoinette were like ninety nine percent sure, but we were just waiting for the full confirmation because there is a lot of similarity in their mm. faces, and like they, uh, I, 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 I imagine this might be confirmed one way or the other coming forward in the seasons. I'm wondering if the coat that the stranger wears is just Jonas's coat, just fucking like dyed with age and dirt, so that's no longer a bright yellow coat, but <laughs> yeah. it's like a like a dark looking coat you know it's uh, i'm wondering about that because it's like oh there he's always wearing that coat and <laughs> it looks a lot like the other coat yeah, he's, like, he's like uh he's like paddington bear like he's always yes. got his he's always got his coat on but unfortunately <laughs> yeah. unlike paddington bear he's had to go through like a, a post-apocalyptic Apocaly- nuclear wasteland <laughs> with I, and and unlike Paddington, Paddington Bear, he is not immortal. No. Paddington Bear seems to be immortal, from what I understand. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a weird focus on marmalade in the second season, yeah. which is, uh, <laughs> it's the it's the secret. Uh, that's in the first. That's in the first season. <laughs> they, they, they mention marmalade. Yeah, oh, I'm trying God. to remember now. It's uh, Francisca talks about uh, you know when she's saying um, yeah, that's right, yeah, yelling at Magnus about her parents' marriage being falling apart, and she goes, "But have homemade marmalade." It's like okay, okay. Paddington I was just thinking about uh, Toast Hawaii, which you won't understand yet, Emmett. But uh, I yeah, can't remember if marmalade was involved in that as well. Well, I think I think uh, you know marmalade. You know, obviously they put the nuclear isotope uh, into the the time travel, but the other <laughs> compartment that they have is for marmalade. Yeah, that's, sa- that's the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. You need a you need to pack pack a meal if you're going time traveling. You don't know when you're going to eat again. Yeah, well, that makes hundred percent sense to me. Okay, um, so good stuff. Uh, What we'll do? So we've talked about the casting. Good stuff. It's all really great. Talked about different reveals. We've talked about uh, all sorts of stuff. What I want to talk to you about now is I'm sure we're going to miss a little stuff, guys. So if you have questions for Emmett, put them in the the comments of this uh, video and and if i miss something from season one we can maybe start off with a couple of follow-up season one questions next week but um so who's your favorite character 
Oof, that's and very, what does he very do? Tough. Who's your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Who's your daddy and what do you do? Again, it's possibly because I already have a little bit of a relationship with him from the other show that we covered. Oh, yeah. What's the name of that? Uh, the Tribes, name of, of oh, Tribes okay. of Europa. Oh, you scumbag. Yeah, Tribes of Europa. Yeah. You scumbag. Again, I think it might be Ulrich, possibly just because it's very interesting that you spit, like, he starts off as such a seemingly irredeemable bastard and then he goes through so much trauma that you kind of start to sympathize with him. I don't think he's necessarily... I wouldn't call him a good person. No. But I, I can at least find him an engaging character. Yeah. And he's one of the people that we spend the most time with. Also, I'm very fond of Jonas in that, like, that lost puppy kind of way. I just kind of want to wrap him in a blanket and, like, make sure that he feels nice. And I feel like the next two seasons are not going to be kind to my poor boy. So I think, <laughs> I, 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 I think Jonas and Ulrich are two of my... Two, two of my faves, uh, just off the bat. He, Ulrich in all of his forms, because even when he's a, a shithead bully character, he's at least like an engaging shithead bully character. So y- like, Jonas and his boring. Jonas and his grandfather are your favourites. Yes, Jonas <laughs> and his Jonas and his grandfather. What about uh, what about Jonas's uh, lover, his auntie? I, yes, uh, his aunt. <laughs> God, that that gets that gets very intense. I, I do I do like her. I loved her um, Marta scene. Uh, Marta, yeah, I loved her scene during the the play where, yeah. like, obviously she, oh god, that's so heartbreaking. Where she's just going through like the the play and she's been so determined to go through it, but then she just breaks down as like everything sort of hits her with everything that was going on with Mikael and oh god, it was so tragic. And then her, you know, her mum coming up and just holding her. It was just oh heartbreaking. Again, this show just knows where where to like. You know, just punch you in your goddamn heart. The only thing missing like of making that like really realistic with all those kids in the audience, the only thing missing was a little fa- a distant LeBron James. That was the only thing missing. <laughs> or like, uh, uh, no, I can't say that. Um, I was just thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of some more of those things because I've definitely been around people who have yelled much ruder things during productions. Yeah. You know? Oh. Do, you, um, yeah, do you expect that um, Marta Jonas relationship to be developed at all like, or have any implications? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question because it's like she's not aware of why he is currently like this, um, why he's becoming so distant. They're just and, not a good match, you know, Emmett. They're just not a good yeah, match. Yeah, they're just, they're, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to yuck anyone's yums, but, you know. <laughs> you, can, you can yuck that yum. That's fine. <laughs> like, like we're, yeah. we are, we have a firm anti-incest stance here on good. the After Dark podcast. <laughs> yeah. Good. I will, I will join in with that anti-incest yeah. stance. I'm, we don't I'm want to kink that. shame anyone, but incest has medical implications uh that are worth considering yeah don't don't fuck your family yeah so uh, i i feel like their relationship will develop in the sense of they will i think she's eventually going to find out some of this shit and that will influence um their relationship but i don't i hope i hope to god (laughs) i'm sorry to take the lord's name in vain um i uh i hope that they are not going to end up together romantically because that would be gross. That would be that would be very gross, and I would be deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you always hear about those stories, don't you? Where it's like you know, two people were like giving up for adoption, and then like they meet, you know, and those you hear about it in like tabloid things. They meet and they form an instant connection, and they get married, and then they find out they're actually related, and it's just like, oh. 
Well, you, you know, thing. you know the beast from uh, the chase. A very UK centric uh, comment here. Yeah, you yeah. know the, the beast from the chase. Apparently, he um, apparently he's a he's been on TV in America as well, I think. But anyway, uh, the, he's actually apparently married to his cousin. Oh well, oh, but they're yeah, so that's... attractive. Yeah, um... but his cousin's <laughs> also like twenty five years younger than him. Well, mm, that's mm, mm, there's a lot in there to unpack. But he's a beast. <laughs> Good, yeah, it's we'll good see. enough for European royalty. It's good enough for me. <laughs> so, oh, so Emma, yeah. so Emma if, if at the end of this show we do uh, have a lot of incest going on, I'm just going to remind you of sure. your phrase: "I don't want to yuck that yum." Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yuck that yum. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Okay. So, um, favorite time. Oh, okay. Now, I don't like this question because I don't think you'll have an answer. But least favorite character, and why, and why is, why it, is Bartos? it Bartos? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but Bartos is obviously a little bit of a shithead. Um, the, I, I wouldn't say it is my least favorite character. I will, I will preference this as it is a character I hope gets developed further mm. in the other seasons. Because at the moment, they are probably a little more unsympathetic than I think it's intended for them to be. Um, Hannah, uh, Jonas's mum, there's some bits with her where I'm like, hmm... That this is bad. This is like, and I hope we get to see a little bit more of her in season two that isn't focused around Ulrich and uh, her obsession with him because it it so defines her that yeah. it makes me wonder a lot about how much she cares about other people that are supposed to be important to her, like Eunice and Michael, who has obviously passed. Mm-hmm. For example, like how long has this affair been going on? Was she cheating on Michael with her dad? Uh, with his dad? You know, that's not with her, not with her creepy. dad. Uh, d- yeah, with his not dad. Not to yuck that young. Again, but, uh... no, not to yuck that young. <laughs> uh, but like in the sense, of the, what I mean is, so the falsified rape charge is terrible. That's a horrific thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be somewhat excused by the fact that she's a child, but it's still an almost sociopathic thing to do. Yeah. Like you know, to try and break two people up. And, it, and it, uh, then, in that scene, actually, it focused on her eyes, and she didn't blink once while she was saying uh, to the to, yeah. to Egon, the police officer. So she like that's proper like a social sociopathic thing there. Yeah, it was. A, she was doing like a full Kubrick stare into the camera at times. Um, but like, and then there's also the you know po- putting it off on someone else, like manipulating people, and like we see her do it in the future as well. The other thing that made me sort of worry because like she obviously knows the truth about Alexander. Alexander, in quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah, and she uses that to blackmail him. And the thing that maybe made me a little less sympathetic towards her was not the fact that she was like, I want you to ruin Ulrich. It was the sort of the preamble that she led up with. It's like, why do some people have a lot and other people have nothing? Which, again, I can agree with. And her being like, I can't, you can like afford all this amazing stuff. I can, I can't pay for my electric bill. And then she's like, he's like, do you want money? It's like, no. It's like, wait, 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 go back. Why don't you want money as well? It's like, if you're struggling, why are you using this blackmail that you've held on to for years specifically just to try and ruin a man who, you know, you're obsessed with and who was, a, like, aggressive towards you in a, er, an earlier scene but and that you made rape tra- It's like, you don't care about... Because that, that's what makes me sort of question her caring for other people and whether her obsession with Ulrich is so all-consuming. Because it's like... No, you you have a son and you're struggling to pay bills. You could also blackmail him for money. Like you you hold all the cards. Why are you just being like ruin Ulrich's life? It's like no, you should 
you can still do the ruin Ulrich's life thing, but you could also be like, and also pay for my electric. So your your your, like your main annoyance with Hannah is that she didn't extort Alexander for more. Yes, exactly. <laughs> eat the rich, eat them, get in there, masticate on the rich, you know. Um, but it, it, it's in the sense of, like, because she is so focused on just ruining Ulrich's life that, like, she seems to forget everything else in her life, mm. like, including her son. And that's that's where I think she maybe becomes a little bit more unsympathetic than maybe intended. And I'm like, you know, because obviously her, her son has just lost his dad. Mm. You're struggling to like put pay electric bills and put food on the table but you're so focused on this obsession that you've had since you were a child that like you're just forgetting all about that you're not concerned about that at all mm. you just want to ruin his life and i'm like that that's the part where i'm like i would like to see in future seasons season two and three um uh, it's three seasons yeah 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 um that she maybe gets fleshed out a bit more we get to see more of her relationships outside of her obsession with Ulrich, because otherwise, you know, I think I will struggle to sympathize with her at all. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your journey with that character, to be yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I, I found it, uh, and also, like, at this stage for me, I felt all the same things as you towards Hannah. And, I, I, you know, overall, mm. where, upon finishing the show, I reflect upon it, and I'm thinking, like, you know, not to spoil anything, but H Hannah doesn't beat the head of a child, you know what I mean? So, Yes, exactly. You, you know, know, whereas again, Ulrich, Ulrich does. So it, <laughs> yeah, hundred like, percent. But that's like, only when you I, compare I will, the characters. Which one do you not like the most? Hannah in isolation yeah. is is obviously very sociopathic. It seems doesn't seem to have much yeah. empathy for people, uh, yeah. and it is something that we'll look forward to being fleshed out in the future. What I want to say is though that uh, I think we'll just we'll just spoil something for you here on it because I uh, I, 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 I think I think the, the oh, okay. I think uh, I think Ulrich is going to make it back into the, the present. Okay. Because there's they're setting up so much about like ruining his life in the present that, you know, it wouldn't really if he gets if he remains stuck in the nineteen fifties, like none of that will mean anything. Yeah, I was gonna like, say, like how is Alexander gonna ruin his ruin his yeah. life? Well, you, Alexander did a great job. He did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Immediately done. Mission accomplished. Yeah, as soon as he went into the cave, you just see Alexander in the distance, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, Excellent. what I was actually going to spoil for you, Emmett, uh, because I'm finding it very difficult. I don't know about you, Conrad. I'm finding it very difficult to talk about Alexander without revealing his true being. Like, yeah. Um, I, I actually found it very hard not to just call him Yassin. So I think we're just going to have to tell him, mm. you know, yep. Alexander is yeah. Yassin. Yeah. Uh, do, you know, yeah. do, you do you remember Yassin, Emmett? Yes, that, I wish I could do uh, sign language and stuff like that, but I, I unfortunately don't know it. Okay, but, so uh, that was one of Conrad's funniest predictions: was that oh. Yasin is Alexander. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's Stand going by. to get he's, he, he, a solid, <laughs> solid prediction. I, 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 it was never I, disproved. I, I been, no, and yeah. I also said that Yasin wasn't death mute, which uh, yeah. obviously lends credibility to that theory. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's all a lie. He just wanted to start a relationship with. Uh, the wee girl whose name is escaping me right Elizabeth. now. Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. The name Yassin has the cold, dead eyes of a killer, is all, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Yassin, Yassin is Noah. That's uh, that's my prediction. Uh, you know, Certainly seem um, to know whoever that person was like who uh, yeah. <laughs> approached yeah. him. That's, that's all I'm saying. Oh, it's like, it's me from the future. Hello. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, last thing we're going to need to do, actually two, two more things. First thing is, we're going to bring back a much-loved segment Obviously, Emmett watched this in German. Uh, I'm a good boy. But we're just going to tell him a few of the, uh, the the funny parts from the dub. So we're going to go in 
to What the Dub. What the Dub? All right, so I thought we would... I've got three here, three of my favorite from season one, What the Dubs. We're going to tell Emmett about them, and he isn't going to be able to fathom them in his mind because it's so stupid. Yeah. Um, so, Emmett, there was a lot of times... There was one or two times, actually, where they changed the script, but I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is three in particular... Uh, performances from the voice actors which we found was funny so do you remember whenever bartos found the drug no, pushed over pushed over francisca like the loving man he is pushed over francisca yes. took the drugs right and then he walked away and he went jackpot do you remember that <laughs> yes yes uh he's very excited about these drugs <laughs> yeah, yeah well in the in the uh in the this is the first ever what the dub we did and in that in, in what the dub the american actor goes jackpot <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. I I went back and watched that, um, watched that the the other day actually, and it is just, it just doesn't capture the sliminess of Bartos's like a jackpot, <laughs> like, like really kind of like he's just so smarmy, and the American version is just not as, it's just not funny at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the the thing that like kills me is like jackpot is such a a more um, natural thing for an English speaker to say. Yeah, it's funny to me that the person who naturally speaks English struggled with that line delivery, <laughs> where the yeah. German speaker was yeah. like, "I've got this, boys. Yeah. I know how I'm gonna say it." Yeah, jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Um, yeah, one of the best lines in the whole in the whole show. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would love to think that that was like improvised, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, next one. Regina, the character of Regina, who is uh, Alexander's wife, Bartos's mum, um, hmm. is actually it's fu- it's really funny, right? In the in the dub, every character, like every actor, is like has has an uh, American voice, right? An American accent hmm. in the dub, but Regina, for some reason, has a German accent. <laughs> that's the, you need a like that that was something like it's you either commit to pretty sure it's German pretty sure it's German might some other European country maybe don't don't correct me in the comments yeah. but but yeah, yeah sh- foreign accent anyway from America yeah so yeah no it, when you're doing a tub it's unless that character is implicitly from a different place yeah. than like the other people it doesn't really make sense to like because you want to capture the idea that they're not from the same location so that. But yeah. Re- Re- Regina, she's from the town for the most part. Like, she grows up in the town, to my remembrance. So, like, yeah. she should sound like everyone else there. It's one of those things where you, like, either really need to commit to everyone having that accent in the dub, or just everyone have, like, an American-style accent. Because otherwise it, like, really would stand out. Oh, my God, yeah. that would be it's so It's a bizarre weird. choice. It's, Actually, it's, you know... Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Another thing we realized, actually, her husband, like, because you, you could say, okay, maybe the influence of, like, you know, meeting Alexander could have done that to her. Um, or but Boris. He, Me- meeting Alexa- Boris. Meeting yeah. Alexander, uh, or Yasin, sorry, um, could have had that effect course, yeah. effect on her. Because as a teenager, she was still in the, still in, in Wyndon. So she, Alexander coming in, but then, but then the dub guy for Alexander is actually like a New York gangster. He's like, he's yeah. like get it done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's like. Um, head of, head Where's the, the nuclear waste? Forget about it. You yeah. don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of. Hey, I'm running a power plant here. <laughs> <laughs> hey. All right, okay. So the last one, uh, Emmett, is, you know, one of my favorite things about the character of Noah um mm. is his voice it's such a deep <laughs> yes. and commanding voice such like oh, just no. an absolutely fantastic he's just so ominous every yeah. time he speaks that drone hum, comes yeah. in right well in the in the dub 
I, I can't really even do this justice, so you're going to have to go listen to it. But he's literally like, sure. I'm Noah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like literally parents of Mark Vashke's like bassy <laughs> ominous tones and then the dub is just like the most unthreatening like he sounds like the kind of uh, kind of priest that you would meet at Sunday school who's just like oh. just, just apple juice like, yeah, like yeah. It's just gonna it's, would you like some apple juice yeah he's gonna offer you some rich tea biscuits uh, and oh. he's gonna sit down and talk to you about Jesus for it a is, bit it is terrible yeah. it is terrible he's not he's not gonna kill any kids trying to work out time travel no god no, no. That's, that's or maybe, maybe he'll kill more. Like, actually, you never know. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's no. true. It's a good point. To, yeah. to, to be fair, priests, you can never tell what, what they're gonna do. <laughs> I have relatives that are priests. I hope they're all good people. Um, <laughs> I have relatives so, um, of people. I hope they're all good people. I hope they're all good people. Uh, it is that. It is that thing, like with dubs and stuff. Like, like with the, the the Harry Potter franchise, there's a lot of funny ones because, like, they get like a dub actor. Uh, at the start when they're kids and then that person remains like the oh, dumb yeah. person for like the whole way through so some characters will like start off with very fitting voices and then when it gets to like later films you know like um uh Rupert Grint I think he has like a very high pitch actor for like <laughs> like all the way through so even when he's like you know in his 20s standing there it's still like this little boy voice coming out of his mind <laughs> yeah. it's like <laughs> and it's like, oh my god! Uh, that oh, reminds me of uh, you know the show Peppa Pig. Yes, of course. Right, I I, I, yes. I don't let my sons watch it actually because you know Peppa's a bit of a. But um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I I do beep I do beep that word when I say it on the podcast. Uh, but uh, so there w- just, there will be a beep there. Uh, <laughs> I want that phrase framed on my wall I've never watched it so like to me you've just called a character of like the protagonist of a beloved children's show the sea bomb which (laughs) I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna be honest I've only seen some of them that maybe there is something as well in the idea that if you took the the features off the face the shape of it is is very much phallic-esque we'll say um Anyway, okay. anyway, it's I just I just don't like, I, I just don't like the show. Um, in, in fact, when, when he was uh, when my, my oldest son stayed at his uh, grandparents one time, uh, and he, you know they didn't know, so they he watched the show with them. Like he did start like saying no to us that day and stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, made it belligerent. Daniel Tiger's mm. where it's at. Daniel Tiger is like Mr. Rogers' uh, puppet, and they make a cartoon about him now. He's where it's at. Anyway, my point is. <laughs> That the child, uh, like they kept getting different little girls to do Peppa Pig's voice, right? And they were like on the third one. Finally, the one, the the one who did the, did the voice, the third one, was the only smart one. And she was like, "Hang on, this could be a cash cow for many, many years. I'm gonna go to a vocal coach and get them to teach me how to continue to do the voice even as I grow up." So they kept like replacing it, and then finally, this girl was like, "No, I'm just gonna keep doing the voice." And now she's been doing it for like 15 years or something, and she's like, you know, she's like 20 years old or something, and she's still doing the Peppa Pig voice. And I'm just like, these two, the first two ones, they missed out on an awesome opportunity. Like, <laughs> respect the hustle. Yeah. Like that's good work on her. Like you know, having the, the gumption to be like. How can I keep my like? That's like almost like a Pikachu. I don't remember her, the voice actor oh, for that. Yeah. But like, you, that that's a oof. That's a that that's a you 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 got yourself like uh, money coming in for life basically. Yeah, you know, with that kind of work. Like Tommy Nancy Pickles. Cartwright yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. I think exactly. Nancy Cartwright was Tommy Pickles as well. I think she might have been. Oh. Yeah. I think There's poss- a lot, like possibly. she did a lot of young boys' voices. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that join us next week for season two of Peppa Pig. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Last thing we want to end on with Emmett here before we uh, go into our next segment where it's uh, Conrad's um, rewatch. Last thing we want to talk about Emmett is 
Is there any, like, maybe just bullet point them for us. Is there any theories that you had going forward that we haven't talked about yet? Ooh, that's a good question. So, uh, obviously, uh, I believe that Ulrich is uh, coming back in the, the future. So, I think the notebook is going to be incredibly important. Because it seems to be the same notebook, unless I'm getting mixed up, that gets passed around the different people. I think Noah and... Um, Claudia, at probably at some point, you know, that notebook gets passed between them. I mm. think Claudia is the last person to hold it because she gives it to Ulrich's father and there's page ripped out. Whereas when Noah holds the book, it seems to be completely intact. Mm. So if it is the same book, that would imply that Claudia gets it later because you can't, like, unrip those pages out, you know. So I think that's where it's going to be sort of wise when it comes to, like, the notebook because it's going to be... It, it seems to have all the details of when people are traveling through time and stuff like that. So at some point that notebook's going to get exchanged. Um, I'm trying to think of other theories that I have at this stage. Uh, <laughs> again, it's a bad, but uh, this might be my Yazin theory. Um, <laughs> maybe Bartolas is Noah, you know, in the future. Because okay. again, they've both, they've both got that slimy attitude at times and they're, they're quite manipulative and they have a, a dark side to them. I will say, I would... being like, jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> jackpot. <laughs> jackpot. <laughs> I, uh, I will say, uh, Emmett, that was a popular fan theory coming out of season one whenever mm-hmm. only season one was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I too held that theory for at least a few hours. So, yeah. Yes. So that, that I feel that reassures me because even if I'm wrong, at least I'm in good company mm-hmm. for that front. Um, so I believe Yorick is going to get to the future, and I'm trying to think of other theories that I had. Oh, God, I feel like I'm forgetting all of my uh, theories currently. Do you mean the, f- again, the future, my... or do you mean, like, modern day? Because if he goes to the future, oh, that's basically Tribes modern. of Europa again. Yeah, it's yeah. actually, that would be a lot of fun, <laughs> throw him into the Tribes of Europa. Yeah, I think he's coming, to, coming back to the present. 2019 is when everything was set. Yeah. So I think that's when he's yeah. going to be there. And I think Jonas is the stranger. Uh, I, I'm going to hold to my theory that he is maybe more in the know than other characters realize. And I think that basically he is maybe playing along because he knows he has to for a long period of time. So even when, because, even like even at the age where he's a stranger, he still thinks that everything is like sort of he needs to do what was done before sort of thing. Oh, no, in the sense like, well, that he needs to do it up to a certain point right, before okay. he can change, can yeah. change it. Okay. If you know what I mean, like he he has to play along with mm-hmm. Claudia and Noah. Oh, and that was my, uh, so I think, yeah. So between the, di- I, this is probably not obviously that impressive here. I believe that Claudia is probably the more moral of the two. Noah seems to be just a complete psychopath that's manipulating people. But I, I think so. Claudia is involved in all this because she wants to change the past out of guilt for the nuclear power plant incident because she feels responsible because she helped cover everything up for years and you know obviously these problems obviously mount and she's the person who hired Alexander and he takes over the power plant so I think that she is attempting to change the past because of her guilt for what she did that leads to the apocalypse um, or the apocalyptic future and that's why she's involved in this, you know, sort of time travel game situation where, like, she's playing up against Noah because she wants to change the past to avoid what came to pass and because of her own guilt. And that's why she's doing what she's doing and staying in the shadows and sort of helping to ensure things play out to a certain extent okay. because she wants to try and change specifically the fact that 
the apocalypse happens and she is partly responsible for that and it comes from a guilt place. So I think that's where she is as a person. I'm hoping that she is at least attempting to stop the apocalypse and not cause it. You know, think I, she seems more like the type of person who would try and stop it, whereas Noah seems to be the kind of person that wants it to happen. And I think Noah, if Noah is not Bartos, he, I think he might come from the future in the sense of like he might have been born in the post-present day in the apocalypse situation and he wants to ensure the apocalypse to ensure his own you know like birth and existence okay and that's why he he just also doesn't care about other people and wants to be able to like you know wantonly kill and have a time machine and be able to go where he wants i don't think he's like originally from the 50s when we first see him i think he's maybe you know from the future and came back and has been manipulating Haig since he was a boy because he n- needed him to be the heavy and needed him to do certain stuff that he couldn't do. Yeah. You know? So I think that those are my sort of current theories. Claudia is trying to start the apocalypse out of guilt. Noah wants the apocalypse to happen because he won't be born without it. Jonas maybe knows more than Claudia and Noah are aware of and is thus trying to play both of them. And uh, Mikhail is likely going to stay in the 80s. And, it's and Ulrich nice. is going to come back to modern day. Ulrich is going to come back to modern day and probably, he's probably going to be accused of being the killer in the in modern day. Okay. I, so, because Alexander has been, Alexander seems to have his fingers in parts of the uh, police station and seems to be able to influence stuff. I feel like he's going, it's going to be the unfortunate irony of like he's going to escape the 50s where he has been rightfully put in jail for nearly killing Egg and being accused of the other deaths and he's going to get back to the future and his mysterious disappearance for several days the fact that he is connected to one of the disappeared boys and the fact that Alexander is going to be manipulating things at Hannah's behest is going to lead to him being accused of being the abductor of the boys and likely possibly lead to him then being basically getting from one prison situation to another prison situation mm-hmm. and like you know manipulating things that way you second know? verse same as the first right uh, Emmett you know, we'll end on one time we'll, we'll end on this question unless Conrad has anything to say you have anything to add Conrad before I go to the question no that's all that's all very interesting stuff yep it's all above Ooh. board uh, okay so question is if you don't if you don't if you want to choose someone you don't know the name of just let us know we'll figure out the name of them right but sure. first question is which character who has not time traveled yet are you going to predict is going to time travel just one one character that has not time traveled yet who you think will time travel in the next season Marta I think Marta's going to end up time traveling um, I think it will come as a part of her because uh, she's obviously following Jonas to a certain extent and is curious about him and maybe Bartos as well I feel like those three are going to end up possibly time traveling at different points Okay, so Jonas, Martha, so, and Bartos are sort of like a, a triple sort of thing. You're looking for Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, because they they've obviously got the love triangle going on. Yeah, and obviously because Jonas is probably going to be traveling through time a lot. Eventually, it's going to be it's going to get to the stage where they get involved in time travel, and also the the police uh, commissioner from uh, modern day, um, just because she is aware obviously that Ulrich went back to the past, 
and you know is aware that he had looked in the cave so i think that she's going to because she seems to be one of the people that's most on the ball Mm -hmm. in the sense of like she is piecing together a lot of these disparate elements of the case and i feel like she's probably she's honestly probably she may be actually uh, can i go back to when i was talking about my favorite characters i can't remember her name right now she honestly might be one of my favorites just because which which she's got such a police officer uh, the police ca- uh, captain in the future, you know, um, what's her name? Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. What's Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. She might honestly be in one the of modern my day. You mean? Yeah, modern day, because she might be one of my favorites in the sense of like, you know, she's on the ball. She's got a lot of sh- shit going on in her personal life, but like, she's trying to make things work, and you know, she's one of the nicer people. So again, she honestly might be one of my favorite people. So I think she's going to end up time traveling as well so marta bartos and uh charlotte i think those are three people that are going to end up walking through some the different time periods okay know? awesome thanks very much Emmett. i'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts next week on season <clears throat> two um yeah so i don't know how to do this which isn't quite awkward but let's go to the next segment where Emmett won't be there. <laughs> I'm falling. I'm going into the key of. I'm ending up in a different time period. You're gonna open a paper and be like, like circling through it, and you're gonna find my photo. But like, I'm old now and I'm bald because my dad's bald, and I'm gonna go bald, and that will be me. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh no, that's where Emmett went. Yeah. Lost yeah. to us in the fifties. Yeah. All right, Emmett. See you later. Cool. Thank you, Emmett. All right, Conrad. We got rid of Emmett, thankfully. <laughs> Thank God. I was wondering when that guy was going to leave. <laughs> All right, that was a joke, Emmett. We'll keep it in. We'll keep it in. Uh, we'll keep it in. Right. Okay, so we're in to the part where you're going to tell us for 10, 15 minutes about what you noticed when you were watching season one of Dark all over again for the first time. First rewatch. I mean, technically, some of the episodes you did watch twice while you were doing notes for them, but it doesn't really count as a rewatch. Because yeah. you didn't know the end yet, you know what I mean. You don't have the context of the of the subsequent episodes on those exactly. watches. Exactly. So, okay. So, what do you think? What, what do you What did you think of this? What did you take from it? Uh, so, I mean, the first thing that that struck me rewatching season one was uh, God. Remember Eric Opendorf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember him. I got a poster of him on my wall. I was just like, I, I, I the, the mist. The, yeah, Vermis, very much so. Well, Vermis by the series as well as by the the, the narrative, because boy, yeah, the does he not minds of everyone watching. Yeah, he's very much Vermis. I I just um yeah, it made me laugh. Um, and I guess that's kind of um in microcosm how I feel about that first season, where you look at the narrative, and obviously you know there's time travel stuff, and they're going to different timelines, but it's just it it's going back to that. It's really remarkable how much smaller the scope is um, of that first season when you compare, even to the second season really, but definitely compared to the third season where Mm -hmm. things are just going, going nuts. But I think it's really, it's really impressive that they, um, they very much set, they very much like prime the audience in that first season. So, but like the, the fact that they do all that groundwork in the first season of like, uh, of establishing these characters and establishing these different timelines means that by the time we get to the third season, they have the confidence in their audience. Just be like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to fly around all these different timelines. <laughs> yeah. like, you're you're going to have to keep up guys because like, <laughs> because there's not, there's not enough time to go through all this again. Um, and they do a great job of it. But, and Eric Obendorf, I guess is kind of that in microcosm where it's just like, God, where did he go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just 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 lost like we uh, poor old Jürgen Obendorf and his oh, and his unnamed unnamed wife uh who already... no I think his wife is called I'm sure she has a name 
she does have a name, and I think it's the name of it's the name of Peter Doppler's mother, uh, uh, who oh. was was what I theorized was, was a prostitute uh, who got up with shacked up with Helga. But I I can't I can't remember her name. Oh my god, this is shows you it's you been too long. Professional. I haven't done dark discussions in like a couple of weeks, and it's I need I need to do a rewatch. This is. This is bad, right? You talk, I'll get a name. Okay, cool. Well, so uh, there's a couple of things that... Um, these are less like kind of plot revelations and more things that just struck me on a rewatch. So the first one, I mean, you mentioned this the first time we went through it, but I think it bears repeating, is that um, in the first episode, that opening uh, kind of revolving shot of the Nielsen family around the breakfast table goes on way longer than I remember it going on for. And it's like the blocking is so good in that shot because you've got characters coming in and out of frame um engaging in conversation with different people like actors having to move to hit their marks ready for those like it's such a complex shot um and it's such a brilliant introduction to the nielsen family um so that just really struck me as fantastic on a on a second uh, watch a couple of things i noticed I, i guess like as a broad uh broadly talking about the whole season in I think it's the first episode, it might be the second episode, um, when Hannah is giving a massage to Alexander, it actually focuses in on the bullet wound um, in his shoulder, which oh, I, I, yeah. I, I hadn't noticed before. Um, I, yeah. I didn't even I notice I noticed it was that. Scottish. I think I noticed that, but I couldn't mention it. You know, it's like there's going to be a lot of those. There's going to be a lot of those which I noticed that when we were watching it together, but I couldn't mention it. I think yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Of course, as we know, he gets shot as when he was running through uh, the forest. Yeah, back when he was just simple old Yasin. Um, Little, little, you know, he's a little more stretched out version of Yasin, but he's basically all the same parts, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, okay, I I had a question for you, just to get my head around this, because what I was trying to do was... It's Ula Schmidt, by the way, is the name of Peter Doppel's mother, and Ula Obendorf is the name, it's the same name, I remember. Um, Is that a question? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fine, Uh, we've we've got there before I even had a chance to ask it, was, who's Ula Schmidt? No, um... The the question was so I, I in this first season I was trying to basically every time they they showed a cutaway to the cave with a noise I was like okay who's that coming through this time um, so uh-huh. I think the first one in the first episode you can correct me if I'm wrong here is Helga right Helga coming to collect the body of Eric Obendorf and do something with it um okay so I well there's no I don't th- maybe there's a real answer for this. I personally think that er- for the most part, in the first episode, it's it's stranger. Well, because no, well, okay, it could be because I, I think it's just I think it's just like he's the outsider from outside town, like kind of thing. And I think they're just setting up revealing his face the next episode. Like that's how I sort of felt about well, it. So I couldn't actually remember on watching this. So this is now jumping forward to the end of season one. How Jonas gets back here to take Mickle through the caves? Does does he use the time orb, Jobby? Um, uh, no, um, he actually, he actually, uh, goes, remember he was with Claudia, Claudia picks him up from his father's oh, house. Oh, he was with Claudia for like a year, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, um, okay, they fine. Say, like that, 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 to be honest with you, that to me proves, not proves, but it's a huge indication that they kind of didn't know all the details going into season two because Claudia would have had the gold ball. Yeah. So there was no need for them to say that Jonas was with her for a year. There was no need for that. Yeah. Um. But 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 it sort of and it makes sense in terms of her teaching him. Yeah. They just what, enjoyed each other's company. Just had, yeah, a, I know, had I, a lovely I know, old time. But but it does speak to me that they didn't they didn't know all the details of season three yet. So yeah. you know they, they were sort of 
or people hate to hear this, Conrad, but they were making stuff up as they went along, as if writers of a fictional TV show would make things up as they went through. Listen, the like as someone who has tried to write things before, if you're writing like the entirety of three seasons of television when presumably you only have one commissioned you're you're on a hiding to nothing there like you're asking for disappointment uh that's just the realities of writing tv folks um so okay the, the first one is Hel- like helga may be stranger then but then we see then there's another noise at the end of episode one obviously um which sends the kids off running so who's that coming through I, is that i'm the going to i'm going to assume that that is claudia there's so no there's no reason to assume it's anyone else because everyone would assume it's Jonas because Jonas is coming through to get Mikkel, but he's already through. Yeah, you he's see already him watch. there. Yeah. He's already there. So I would assume that that might be Claudia. Maybe Claudia took Jonas... Now, this is all conjecture, like, but maybe Claudia took Jonas down and is in the tunnel a little bit like Adam does in season three when he's mm. t- telling him to, to go and get Marta. Maybe and showing him Ulrich running in Alt Ulrich running into the cave. Maybe Claudia had him in the cave and was like, "Right, Jonas, you're gonna go and you're gonna get Mikkel, and you're gonna bring him back through here." And then she fucked off through the cave. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, well, I mean, we certainly know that Stranger comes through at some point in episode one because he turns up in episode two. Um, but I, uh, I honestly think that I, I personally believe, like, I don't think there's any question on the Helga Jonas thing. I think it is Strange Jonas coming through the cave. It's sort of like you know. Like a Western kind of outsider for it comes into town. Yeah, Little that makes te- sense. Teaser. That's how I feel it is. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Um, another thing that kind of, I suppose, highlights that maybe they didn't have uh, everything planned out ahead of time is that um, in episode um, two, episode three, the one that's set predom- predominantly in the eighties. So that's episode two, I think. Three. No, that is episode three, isn't the it? The very yeah. end of episode two, you see the 80s with Mikkel. Yeah, then, that's right. Yeah. Um, the fact that Mikkel not once mentions Jonas. Like, and I know he's probably, like, we can probably infer that Jonas told him, don't say anything because everything needs to happen as it is. But I still think it's slightly well, we know. Well, we already know that didn't happen, actually, Conrad. So it's even worse because uh, Mikkel says that he woke up. Like, he, he woke up in the morning and Jonas was gone. They yeah. slept in the cave. He woke up in the morning. Jonas was gone. So it, Jonas didn't even say anything to him. You know, he yeah. didn't, just didn't explain anything. They to were him. De- they were definitely building the cave mechanism, building that plane while they were already in the air. I think, <laughs> I think yeah. to some extent, which is fine. You know, it's not a criticism, but it's just when you know what actually. Because you know, I spent most of my time watching this ser- this season, being like, what ha- what is going on with Mikkel? You know, why isn't he saying what's happened to him? He looks like he's been roughed up a bit, but he's not saying what happened to him, which made me wonder whether. It, he was forced through or something took him from the woods and uh, you know whether it actually yeah. involved the cave at all and then for them to kind of land on oh Jonas turned up and took him through the caves is a bit like mm, okay you've you've stretched you've stretched the boundaries of what I'm willing to accept there but you know it still yeah. it, it still works because he because yeah it still works because he was he was he was doing a lot of asking about where his parents are and stuff but not asking about where the person who brought him to this strange place is. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, like, uh, is Jonas a time traveller? <laughs> like, I feel like that's that's well, question that, like, number one. Yeah, like, and, and I think that... I think they probably did have an idea in their mind of what they were going to do when they were doing this. It's just that, remember, they cha- at the end of season one, they changed a lot of what they were going to do, and maybe what their plan for Mikkel, how Mikkel got there, went out the window, possibly. Yeah, 
I think that's uh, that's possibly true. Um, a couple of other little things then. I still have no idea and don't really understand beyond maybe just pure symbolism the significance of a thir- exactly 33 sheep dying um, when, when Egon is investigating um, strange satanistic goings-on in the 80s. I honestly think that that's just a little... A little, a little thing to put the number thirty-three in our mind, as well as uh, put it in the character Charlotte's mind. I, I don't think like stuff like that. It's a coincidence, just you know what I mean. I think, yeah. I think that that's just building it up. It's easy to go back, and this is the problem which a lot of people have when they rewatch it uh, in the Reddit, for example, where a lot of people think they they know an awful lot about the show. Um, we'll just say <laughs> uh, they 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 put sp- specific importance on things that really shouldn't have the importance, and they're just yeah. dramatic effects to make you experience the show in a particular way, you know? Yeah, I, I think definitely when I watched this the first time, this felt significant to me. In retrospect, it's clearly not. It's just a little, I don't know, 33 sheep. Number 33 pops up in lots of places. And That's to it. the show's That's credit, it. by this point, HD Ta- in, the, in the first season, H- we have heard HD Tanhouse in voiceover say the number... Uh, you know, like talk about like the Fibonacci sequence and this idea of like three re- returning in nature and in and in science. So mm-hmm. the idea of thirty-three sheep dying, you know, while it's a little bit of a logical leap, it, it's de- it definitely kind of makes sense to me in the context of um, what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like big plot stuff, I think the one the there's. One thing that really stood out to me, which is that it's very clear on rewatch, and obviously I have the benefit of hindsight with this, but it's very clear that Helga is the kidnapper, um, killer, <laughs> with the with the amount of cutting between um, the acorn man's activities, like you know, see hands like putting the acorn stuff together, and then it immediately cuts to old Helga. It's like, oh, okay, you were definitely telling us <laughs> that, yeah. that Helga was involved in this. Well, I think I think that that uh, I think if I remember correctly from when we were first going through this show. I think that the acorn man, the carving the acorns and all, I seem to remember you missed that little tiny scene because you were making a note of something else. I might you know? have, yeah. Because I, I remember, seem to remember saying that we saw him making, oh, we saw inside the cabin and you and you didn't really un- remember when we saw inside the cabin, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think I think you're probably right, um, which would have helped, definitely. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's really obvious on a rewatch that that's, that that's what's been going on. Something else that struck me as well is that I'd forgotten how late Noah shows up in this season. Like, it, it, you, you kind of feel like he's always been there, like he's been around the whole time, but he's he doesn't actually show up till episode five, I think. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and then, you know, he, he's bumped off relatively early in season two from what i recall i think he so he, you know we get i think obviously he comes back in some form or another but i think we only actually get about 10 episodes of noah in this entire show maybe maybe less than that actually um you mean oh yeah yeah like in, in his original incarnation yeah in his like original in in the in the um in the prime world um version of of, of himself yeah played by Mark we, get, we get a tiny little bit of him again in episode seven of season three when they go through the whole thing again but yeah yes. apart from yeah. that apart from that he is just from episode five is it five because it's, it's four, five four where um elizabeth meets him and then five yeah in five he's at the very beginning of five he's talking to mickle in the in the hospital bed yeah he's he, mentioned he, in episode yeah. four uh, um mentioned by name at the end of episode four and then in episode five we see him very briefly, um, and then really doesn't come into his own until episode six. So six episodes in episode in season one, and then I think he gets shot. No, he doesn't get shot until episode seven. 
Was it seven he gets shot in season two? So, okay. so yeah, yeah, like about thirteen episodes or so. Yeah, I suppose that, that's that's a fair amount. But I mean, it's it's just it struck me that it's testimony to how good a character he mm. is that he's not in the show anywhere near as much as you know a Charlotte or a Jonas or a Marta, mm-hmm. um, and yet he's still right up there as one of the best characters, uh, best characters in the in the series. Um, yeah, I would agree. And, and and speaking of Marta, um, the Ariadne <laughs> monologues really take on. Um, kind of additional meaning once you know how significant Marta is mm-hmm. to everything that is going on here. I, I think at the time I theorised that um, perhaps Ulrich wasn't her father because she's talking about how her father created the labyrinth um, when in fact, although I don't think it's fair to say Ulrich created the labyrinth I think it goes further back in his in in his family tree than that Um but the, the symbolism is there, and I've talked about this on yeah. Dark Discussions before. The symbolism is there uh, for, for like, um, Ulrich to be, like, the the part of that big web in terms of beating Helga's head. Uh, so, like, in, in, the, in the sort of the local, the small symbolism within that series, it works. But then it works, obviously, for different characters and things in a bigger yeah. scale, too. And, and I think it's a really interesting continuation of a theme that they don't necessarily explore as much in season two and three as they do in season one but this like kind of sins of the father idea where you know we perpetuate the mistakes of our ancestors and in Ulrich's case um i I guess this isn't really true of tronta so much um um but um but Ulrich perpetuating the loop by beating helga's head in um is very much akin to the kind of stuff that his grandparent uh or his grandfather gets up to uh and it's it's a really interesting twist on that but but it makes the ariadne monologue um or monologues i should say that we get from marta really grants them an additional weight that i didn't appreciate at the time and it's awesome going back to those and being like oh shit yeah there's a lot going on here with this yeah i think actually back when i was making dark discussions while we were still going through dark and you haven't seen some of that stuff i think i i i, I talked about like Ulrich um and, and stuff like that in terms of the season one uh, minotaur ariadne story yeah but then in seasons i then for overarching of the show like i I talked about like Gary being the minotaur of the overarching theme because he's the he's the beast at the middle of the labyrinth of this time travel stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you listen to the song, I know we're not doing season three here, but if you listen to the song uh, at the end of episode four of season three, possibly, uh, you know, Ariadne, I'm coming, that one. Yeah. Well, the one that you thought had to be written for the, the show. The one that was 100% written for the show. <laughs> for the yeah. show. Yeah. So that that one is actually, like, it's, and I mentioned at the time, it's a take on what if like uh, Theseus re- refused the string. Yeah. So like, and the idea is like, you know, that Jonas was Theseus, he refused the string and he ended up getting killed by uh, by Ariadne, you know. Anyway, it was really cool. Um, so check out that Dark Discussions episode, guys, if you haven't already. Uh, mm. All right. So any more, Conrad, before we wrap this thing up um I'll, I'll mention one thing very briefly talking about the music in this uh is that when we first meet or not when we first meet but in the episode where we first meet um egon in the 80s when mickle walks into the police station and starts talking to him i'm used to egon listening to you know kind of like 50s jazz and swing numbers on his radio yeah, yeah. he is listening to an absolute 80s bop on <laughs> on his radio and I was, this feels very out of character for egon to be listening to this like where's the where's the the frank sinatra that i'm used to him, <laughs> used to him listening to yeah, because in the fifties he's listened to some lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, can you remember the, the, the name, name of the song that he was listening to? No, I didn't catch like really very much about it. But I just listened to it. I was like, this is this is very much my speed, which means it's one hundred percent not Egon's speed. <laughs> so, so 
Guys, if you would like to hear us go through Season 2 with Emmett next week and Conrad's thoughts on Season 2 next week as well, tune in Monday, the After Dark Podcast, on Culture Cave on YouTube or either or on audio apps. You can just type in the After Dark Podcast. Um, yeah, support the channel. T-shirt link in the description. Discord link in the description. Tip jar in the description, all that sort of stuff. If you want to send us a, a comment or an email, send adpodmail at gmail.com or comment on the video. Give the video a like, all that great stuff. Thanks very much. Closing thoughts, Conrad? Uh, season one of Dark still really good, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I would agree with you. Um, yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.